Welcome to Imagine a Great City. I'm Claudia Otero. It's my pleasure to introduce the man who started this fantastic and very informative podcast series, Dennis Donahue. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Great, great to see you. And uh, and unlike most of my podcasts, I actually get to see you. Thanks for uh, <laughs> joining us in the studio. Well, it's nice to see you and spend some time with you here. And I really appreciate you inviting me to come here and turn the tables on you because this time you're on the hot seat. Yeah, I know. I, I was actually a little nervous walking into this one, but I thought it would be uh, terrific to do what we're about to do uh, with you because at the time I was actually the mayor and we were imagining a great city uh, in in earnest. Uh, You're still part of the community, but certainly very much part of the community at that time in terms of reporting and talking about what was going on in the city. So I thought it would be fun to write again. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely have a little bit of history. Uh, I used to be a reporter back in the day, and so I, I we worked on a lot of different stories together, me interviewing you, and and so that's that's a bit of our history there. Currently, Dennis, you serve as the director of Western Growers Center for Innovation and Technology. This is a premier ag tech startup incubator based right here in Salinas, California. In fact, just down the road. And uh, for those of you who don't know, just in case you don't know, Dennis is a former mayor, as he mentioned earlier, uh, serving from 2006 to 2012. And that's, uh, like I just said, that's how we met way back when. That's right. Well, and mention what I'm doing today, uh, you know, the... The whole area of ag tech, uh, given my ag background and our proximity to the Silicon Valley, you know, part of when we were begin, beginning to talk about imagining a great city um, was what are some of the opportunities we have. And, and I felt at the time, c- certainly continue to feel that, uh, you know, our proximity, I like to tell people, you know, imagine what happens if you play around with rubbing the two sticks together of the freshest valley on the planet with the most innovative on valley on the planet. What do you, what do you get? And what do you get? And hopefully you get some opportunity. And and over the over the years since that uh, uh, effort has begun, and innovation is not new to ag, and obviously it's the calling card of the Silicon Valley. But uh, we, I think Salinas really did uh, put the whole idea of ag tech as as an ecosystem concept uh, on the map. I, I I like to tell people I remember uh, the conference where we first had that conversation, November two thousand seven. That's what the term first showed up, and you know, we really uh, pursued that as a, as, a, as a strategy. And it's a good strategy. And I think just, uh, you know, when you talk about STEM and youth and kids, right? So even starting them really young, I mean, talk about opportunities moving forward. So that's another topic that we may discuss at a later well, time, perhaps. Well, I hope perhaps. so, yeah. And, and you know, I, I happen to have the privilege of being the mayor, but, you know, you covered the city from a media standpoint. And I think you know, as, as I do, uh, one, this is a relatively young city, so uh, in terms of average age, so people are thinking about their future uh, and look and looking for opportunities. And I think the other thing is, uh, I've always found this city to be as an aspirational city uh, that people are, are uh, you know, fundamentally optimistic and and looking to uh, uh, to do new things, uh, to create opportunities, provide for their families. So. I, I felt uh, at the time that one, one of the things we needed to do was do the things a city can do along with the marketplace to help contribute to creating opportunities. So, so I'm really pleased that I'm still on a day-to-day basis involved in that type of work.
Well, that's fantastic. I mean, you, you, um, I believe you were born here. Well, I always tell everyone I moved here when I was three. I okay. was actually born so, in San Bernardo, but then I tell everyone. Close enough. We'll well, pretend. it's close enough, but, but you know, just, just to make sure it was okay to say I was the mayor of my hometown, I married a farmer's daughter. So that grandfathered me into the deal. I get to say I'm from around here, you know, in the ag community, we, uh, you know, we do, we do have the ability to occasionally kind of cock an eyebrow and look at folks and go, you're not from around here, are you? Yeah. Obviously, you, you are in ag and you have worked in government. You ran the city. Well, or at least you were the... Well, the thing you learn about communities and progress, it's a team sport. It is. Too, the yeah. trick is to play your role well, you know, but it's a team sport. You were mayor for several years and... Um, as you mentioned earlier, you know, that's where this whole concept started, right, of imagine a great city. So you want the best for your city. Everybody wants the best for their city, no matter where they're from. So I guess, you know, my question would be, you know, when you were thinking about that phrase and everything that you've, you know, how you've used it over the years in your career and as mayor of Salinas, where did this idea to start this podcast come in? Well, uh, you know, I, I had a little, uh, before this conversation, you know, I had a little a little intro, and I, I kind of used the phrase, even though you leave City Hall, it never really leaves you, you know, so I've stayed active in the city, uh, obviously on the ag tech space, but, you know, a number of civic involvements. And, and the other thing was, and this is just something, as I really got into being, being the mayor, I, I just found cities to be marvelously seductive entities, whether it's the institutional side, the people, the groups, the, the objectives. So, you know, I don't think that ever really, doesn't really leave you. And uh, as you and I were also talking before, it's amazing to look back and go, gee, that was more than just a couple <laughs> years ago, wasn't it? But, yeah. but, but I think that just kind of speaks to it really it really does stay with you. And I've stayed involved on the opportunity side uh, in terms of ag tech. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm uh, in, in my day job. I've, I'm working on a year-long project and focus on how do we develop the skills for the next generation of ag tech worker with the California Secretary of Agriculture, Karen Ross. So I'm still involved and still thinking about young people, next generation, and aspiration. That's the opportunity side. Uh, but I also remember when I became the mayor, and I and I think back, this was a city that also had some challenges and concerns. Lots of challenges, lots and, of concerns. And it predated the recession, which I tend to get a little skeptical of everyone who said they saw that coming because they kept it to themselves. <laughs> you know, they did not share that. They did, they did not share that was about to happen. But this was a city um, that did have a lot of concerns uh, in, in the public safety arena, uh, youth violence, the gang issue. And, you know, when I t- thought about imagining in a great city, uh, uh, I and I still remember giving giving talks from time to time. And, uh, you know, I, I asked people to imagine a city without violence, a, a city at peace. You could see people, you know, their eyes would light up and then brows would furrow. And you'd kind of see that phrase, yeah, but. Because they love the idea. They are imagining it, but then they realize, wait a minute, all of these things are happening. How do we even get there? You had to engage in the, the, the conversation of, but it is the city we want to live in, so let's try. Here we can create opportunities given uh, our, our population, our major industry, proximity to Silicon Valley, but we've also got some problems. Uh, so let's roll up our sleeves. And and this is a city, and, you know, I alluded to earlier, you know, moving a community forward is a team, team sport. I mean, I, I used to, given the fact I could probably lose a pound or two, I used to occasionally say, uh, and I think I used to say it in, for, in front of former Mayor Caballero, you know, I stand on her shoulders, which had to really concern her. <laughs> but, you know, you know, she and previous councils and mayors had done 
great work. But but what I wanted to try and do was think about how do we move this to the next level. So we started out with a game plan of the Community Safety Alliance uh, that morphed into the Community Alliance for Safety and Peace and working more closely with counties and other groups. Uh, so, uh, and and that group has done terrific work. So one of the things I learned thinking back on all these years is when you have good foundations, you have good outcomes. I think most folks would agree that real progress has been made on that tough problem. Progress was made. Good foundation, good outcome. You know, good plan around ag tech, good outcome. Works in progress, but good outcome. And as all of us kind of went through the pandemic and some of the things that have been going on in the country, you know, a relatively recent, well, certainly in this past year, that conversation about defunding the police, Mm -hmm. it, it bothered me. I thought about that. That's just simply not the right conversation for a community. It's, so what is the right conversation? Well, I think the right conversation is how, how do we have, how do we get to, what are the necessary ingredients for a, uh, a safe, peaceful, livable city that we're all proud to call home, and what does that look like? And, and that's the real conversation. Um, defund the police is just a phrase. It doesn't have any context. I mean, it has the obvious of less money, less police. But what do folks fundamentally want? They want to live in peaceful, safe communities. So how do we get there? And so really with that thought in mind, coupled with, uh, and you see this, because the the guests I chose to interview were were not random. In these podcasts, yes. You know, part of me said, well, we're going to be real, real local. And I ended up with a much more diverse cast of uh, characters, so to speak, that had local connectivity in some fashion or another. But for instance, Rick Cole, who is from Southern California, he actually came to Salinas. At the time I first became mayor, he was arguably, and and I think still regarded as one of the leading experts on on cities in the world. And I remember when Rick came to Salinas and we uh, we happened to be having dinner and he looked, he looked at me and said, you know, Salinas really interests me because it's a mid-sized city. And I really believe that if Salinas doesn't make it, and we had, we had some real challenges with structural budget deficits, violence, et cetera, he said, then all of California is going to have a problem. So I'm really curious to see what goes on here. And uh, that kind of stayed with me. And then I watched his career. And he was a former mayor of Pasadena, but then he went on to be a city manager in three different cities, including Ventura, which has a lot of similarities to Salinas and uh, and then he happened to resign during the pandemic as the city manager of Santa Monica. And basically he said, cities are changing. They're going to have to think about their business models. Now this was pre, here comes lots of money from Washington. And they're going to struggle with resources. Yet they're going to be, at, at, it's a time where people expect more from local government. And how do you provide those services? And, and then he also began to throw in, and people expect outcomes. So services and outcomes from their local government at a time, theoretically, you have less resources. And having been the mayor, I I was just really intrigued by that. Cities are changing, big challenges, so how do you do that? We had literally the Great Great Recession, huge spikes in violence. So I, I felt as I was watching all this, you know, I had the privilege of being the mayor of this community, and uh, if I... If I was paying attention, I learned a few things. And, you know, finally, uh, you know, it was kind of somewhat similar to 
I remember when I first got involved with Second Chance and I was sitting, you know, I'd sit on the couch in the early 90s and the, the gang violence thing and you'd sit there and go, hey, somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to do something. Oh, well, maybe I should try and do something. And so as I kind of watched this, I really felt, um, you know, I've, I, I learned a thing or two. I met some interesting people. Uh, and I think we should talk about this. The only position I've taken, because really what I want to do is listen and learn uh, and hopefully the same thing happens for those who listen to the podcast. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty clear on defund the police is the wrong conversation. That's that's what keeps you up late at night. You know, other things can keep you up late. You, you know, like if you think about when we couldn't sleep as kids, we were excited about something. You know, how do you, you know, ag tech, you're just ag really tech worried is about now something. a global right. phenomenon. How do you capture that and harness that for the city? Or take the Rick Cole resignation letter where you look at it, cities are really changing. You know, we were chatting a little bit about affordable housing and some of the homeless issues. And, you know, I've been visiting with people and trying to get a little more informed. And you really realize that there, I mean, there's some really tough structural challenges. You know, how do, how do you begin to get your arms around these issues and, and really make some progress? You know, I often tell people, but you really can't be glib about this. You know, I mean, I was in the produce industry for 30 years and you know you don't get you can't be in the business of telling people what they want to hear you've got to tell people the truth and you know and in the civic world you know some sometimes the truth isn't everything's favorite thing to hear uh so but but i i think you can do that as long as you say and here's what I think we can do, what do you think, and you, and you try and develop a plan. But this defund the police thing bothered me, and it bothered me because I know full well that if you have insufficient resources, you're going to have spikes and problems, and, it'll, and, and it can't. I'm not going to run around and be apocalyptic and say the sky is falling, but this will be a less safe, less attractive. We have clear evidence and, and, I, and in, in, in this community. Now, Having said that, I also recognize, and what I and what I always try and do is take the long view. We might have an immediate problem, a spike in violence, let's say, or something like that, and you have to address that. On the other hand, we have to be conscious of, look, a, and the reason I wanted to ask the question of how do you have a safe and peaceful community uh, is because I know it's you know there you know there. Arguably, are a minimum of four pillars. You know, you have to be thinking about prevention. You have to be thinking about intervention. You do need to think about enforcement. And and, and in recent years, people quite properly are talking a lot more about reentry, rehabilitation, and those things. Mm-hmm. So those are all of the elements. But I, I really believe if your enforcement piece is wrong, however you define that, community police, and that's not, that's not just, you know, go lock them up. I mean, it just I'm using enforcement as just kind of representative of a a police department uh, completely committed and understand support community policing but the police piece has to be right so that's what i do want to ask you about community policing how do you see it i mean what's the definition what's the perfect world when it comes to community policing because it has changed right over the years and i think it's evolved i think it's evolving again i mean i mean and it's kind of interesting again i'll go back to each of the guests i I, I spoke to laid down some pretty interesting markers, you know, uh, uh, Chief Reze, as she was reading, and I talk, I was talking to her while she, uh, literally, she, uh, I think it might have been her technically her, la- her last day on the job, and she, and she made the observation, she said, you know, if you look at it, 
how law enforcement has changed, you know, that evolution from the cop on the beat to now you're a you're a mobile office in a car moving around a community with a computer and a camera. Exactly. You know, so but if you think about community policing at at some level, you know, I think our minds kind of go back to that idea of, you know, the cop on the beat, you know, walking the streets in the neighborhood and patrolling. But And if I'm not mistaken, I believe she reinstated officers to um, be on the beat, per se, in certain hotspots in Salinas, if I'm not mistaken. Well, my my guess is uh, she did. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be as familiar with, with her day-to-day activities, but I will tell you, you know, we used to have the phrase, the cast cops, you know, where where by design we chose a specific area in the Hebron area and uh, assigned officers to it. And the idea literally was to be in relationship with that community. The officer was known. The officer knew the people of the community. The officer and, and was also uh, talking about the services the city can provide if you need this. So it was about building relationship. And, 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 and that's, I think, really, really important, that idea of being in relationship with the community, but the but I will say this: I want to make an observation, and I think and that's part of building a community too. That's exactly right, and and you know Pete Peterson, uh, episode ten, who you know the uh, Davenport Institute, and you know they're in the business of community engagement, and we talked about you know community engagement is not public counts public comment at a council meeting, which which is fine and good and et cetera, but that's two minutes. That's not engagement, and. So I think the the historical perception uh, when you think community policing is, you know, the police need to get close to the community. And that's true. But right now, if we're at an inflection point and we have to revisit some things, uh, I think it's important to also hear from the community. Some of that can be in form of a dialogue, you know, like how come you do things this way, or uh, a reassertion of the, of the importance of, you know, I, I believe, by and large, most people in the community like to see their police officer, know they're there, know they're present, makes them feel safe and secure. And uh, It's a two-way street is what you're saying. Exactly. And so when people talk about defunding the police, you know. What is that going to do to a city? You know, I mean, we're, we're seeing full well these days when you have fewer police. Uh, all the smash and grab robberies yeah, that we're and, seeing and, all you know, over so the place. Police yeah. presence, the, the willing to the willingness to in, to engage. Uh, and what's interesting about this podcast, you know, what kind of started out is, hey, that that's the wrong conversation. And I understand there are some things that are taking place we can all agree um, were terrible. Uh, but but by and large, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I mean, I will certainly happily lay down the marker. I'm a, I'm a supporter of, of the police. I think they do do a great job. I understand there they put are their lives on the line. Absolutely. Yeah, and I understand there are exceptions and a few bad apples here and there. Yeah, yes. my experience yeah. certainly in Mo- in Monterey County is that gets addressed. But one of the things that also keeps me up at night is, you know, in other parts of the country, you know, we've been pretty fortunate here. But when you start no bail, not prosecuting, we're doing, I, I think Salinas, Monterey County, doing doing pr- pretty pretty well. But you know, it's hard not to be troubled by things you see in other, in other cities. Because you're so, still sending a message, and what is that message? Yeah, well, and out? that was the other thing. I mean, I, I felt we learned a lot in Salinas, and uh, and so you know, I wanted to begin to have these conversations. You know, hopefully, I've learned to ask good questions. But I think the people I've asked the questions to are a pretty impressive group. And if you can, 
share that, then you can contribute to the conversation, maybe help direct the conversation. Get people thinking and... Exactly, yeah, because that, that, and that, and that, and that's really the, per, the purpose of this. Well, I think it's a great service to the community and not just our community, Dennis, but I mean all over the country, wherever anyone's listening well, I, I to think this it can, I think it can podcast. be, and, and we talk to people all over the country, and, and again, you know, you, and, and I'll refer to our guests because I think they were all terrific, you know, the uh, young couple from Detroit, people go, well, how'd you end up with somebody from Detroit? But it turns out, you know, and we were very fortunate when I was the mayor, Congressman Farr was terrific to Salinas. He was uh, great to work with. And, you know, when our gang issues spike, it's good to have a congressman that's traveled with the president a couple of times. And, you know, as I understand it anecdotally, you know, when the, the Obama administration started talking about gang violence and they created the National Youth Forum. And so they had Boston, Detroit, Memphis, San Jose, Chicago, and Sam got them to say, hey, let's put Salinas in the mix. And and on one hand, you kind of go, well, you, you know, they're big and you're small. But the thing that I really came to realize about Salinas as the mayor, we're almost the perfect rural urban Petri dish, you know, because I didn't realize this having grown up here. But, you know, give or take, we're the 150th largest city in the country. Who knew? Uh, but then we also were, I mean, I think we're clearly, uh, you know, we, we, we have a strong agricultural communities. So you have Beautiful, this. Beautiful, diverse community. Exactly. So you have this interesting rural urban dynamic. So I thought it was perfectly appropriate to be with those folks. But more, more importantly, it was a great opportunity for us to uh, hear what other communities were doing, how they were trying to, to address things and, and, and hope, and hopefully bring some more resources into the community. And I think that part all worked, but you know, we learned a little bit about Detroit in the process, and then through the ag tech world, it, you know, I found out the wonderful world of uh, bee pollination was uh, was was a big topic. But th- that young couple, one of the things they talked about was, you know, there and De- and Detroit's had a tough go of things, and you know, they talk about their they're like nine. Nine thousand vacant lots in D- Detroit, and urban agriculture is part of the strategy. And you know, thirty-five percent of the world's food supply requires, uh, you know, bees and pollination and all that, all that good stuff. And we tend to think of that that well, that's happening in the country. But the reality is, uh, urban pollinators are a, th- a thing too in terms of wildlife and the environment and all that fun stuff. But they they said something really important when we wanted to do this to make a contribution to our community. And clean up lots because when you see nothing but trash and you're around nothing but trash, you begin to you personally begin to feel you know it affects your mental health. Yeah, yeah. But as they improved vacant lots, then other people in the neighborhood started improving their you know their place, et cetera. So it was kind and they of probably a, want to go out for walks, right? So they're exactly. walking around the neighborhood, so they're getting they're so putting it's kind their of health. The, um, broken window theory in reverse that if you do something positive others will do that and 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 again i'll go i'll refer to tom McHenry in, a, in episode two one of the things you know and tom is a very accomplished mayor um you know and i think arguably one of the great mayors of the you know the second half of the 20th century and i asked him what was your greatest accomplishment and he said you know i, I think it really was at the end of the day that people felt better about their city and when that happens, other things happen, and you cause you know the the real trick is, and that's where you really realize you know moving a city forward is it's a team sport, and part of what you know there is such a thing as momentum, 
in sports, and there can be in cities. And uh, so, I so I just thought those things were kind of interesting. So, what I what I really wanted to try and do with all this is okay. Let's start the conversation of what what's the right conversation to have a peaceful, safe community. What's involved in that? Let's talk to some folks who have got some direct experience, and let's see if we can bring all that together. You know, Mayor Butts uh, from Inglewood. You know, I thought he would be interesting to talk to because there there's a mayor of. And I, and his city manager was one of our city managers, Artie Fields. And I remember when Artie said, I'm going to Inglewood and we're going to get the fabulous forum. And I looked down and said, you're not going to fall for this trick, are you? More money and a chance to bring in the Chargers and the Rams and hang around with Madison. I said, how could you do that? And, and how's he doing? He's doing great. And, uh, he, and, and he and Mayor Butts, uh, you know, they can look back with pride after a decade. And, it, you know, they've picked up the, uh, the L.A. Chargers, the Rams, the Clippers and, and uh, you know, and Mayor Butts was also a police chief. And so I asked him, I said, well, uh, it's got to be kind of nice to uh, get that type of economic activity. Uh, and he said, yes, it is. And because I think this is is really important. The in terms of a great city, you know, the economic environment's got to be right. The business community has got to be moving forward. And so there's a great example. And, and he said, and when this began to happen, I began to get the resources to solve these problems. But then the other thing he said, and I think this is important, and you know, my last episode of the season with Jacqueline Simon, uh, we talk, we begin to talk about reentry as being an element of this. And and he said, you know, we built into a hiring ordinance that you had to have three percent hard to hire. You know, that people who are coming out of jail and looking for a second chance have to be part of this. And that's got to be a very, I mean. <laughs> that's a tough conversation. But again, uh, how do you have a peaceful city? You know, there, there are a number of working parts. And, and so I was looking for examples and people who, who had direct experience with, okay, who can help us begin to have this conversation, whether it's in this city or or others other cities, that that this is really the right conversation for for a community, and and I have some opinions and thoughts on how to how to do that, but right now that's not particularly important. Well, you have twelve podcasts with all these different topics that you're tackling, and you're getting all you're you're having these fantastic conversations with a lot of people that are very involved in their own communities. Um, in episode nine of Imagine a Great City, you interviewed Wayne Porter um, from the Naval Postgraduate School here in Monterey. In this podcast, you discuss systems, approaches, and a complete win. So for those who have not listened, and they, and they really should, for those who haven't listened to this particular podcast, can you give us a brief recap and tell us what this complete win is all about? Sure. Yeah. No, I'd like to, I'd like to do that because it certainly has informed a lot of my thinking. And, you know, and uh, Wayne is now retired but uh, you know he had he had really a very distinguished career in the navy and he was appointed by uh, uh, secretary panetta at the time to to the naval postgraduate school and he he's really a systems thinker and in fact his phd uh, his thesis was on salinas and the connectivity between economic development uh, gang violence creating economic opportunity uh, and then, and then also tied into water. He's actually a TED Talk. His thesis about Salinas. So, so that whole idea of s- systems thinking. So, so if you want to listen to that or yeah, watch can, the video, go to YouTube. You, and... you can go to YouTube, and uh, it's about eighteen minutes, and you can see uh, Captain Wayne Porter. But one of the groups that we that came into the city 
to to work with us was the Naval Postgraduate School. And, and I'll never forget at the time, I remember when we announced it and everyone thought, oh, okay, you're bringing in the black, black ops crowd and it's going to be nothing but helicopters and people are like, no, 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 no. You don't use the military. On it. That's not how it works. But it was terrific because the Naval Postgraduate School said, you know, a lot of our students and faculty live in Salinas, so we want to help too. And so we had some They want of the, to be part of the solution. Exactly. Sure, yeah. and, and, and we had some of the same people that were actually working on, uh, you know, the, the, the surge and uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, we had very serious people saying, look, this is when you've got a troubled community or a troubled situation, you know, more often than not, the people in the community want to help you, but they're kept in check by by fear and, and, and other elements. So this issue of how do you engage community, it's, you know, it's a, it's a global conversation, just depends on the setting. So one, one of the professors actually ended up writing a book called, uh, it was a kind of a composite, uh, di- different, different folks contributed to it, called Gangs and Gorillas, which was you know the application of uh, strategies deal with terrorism, but applied in an urban setting. And so one of the chapters was written by a professor and it was called A Complete Win. And, and basically what they talked about was, you know, when you've got a difficult situation, the first thing you really need to do, in, in this case the issue was violence, is you have to stop the violence. You have to get a secession of violence. You put the fire out. But that's, that's not necessarily peace or sustainable. It is a succession of violence. The fire's it's out. It's tackling that issue right then and there. Exactly. And then the second area you have to get to is, you know, how do you, how do you get a— political consensus you know an agreement of people working together and then the third thing is you have to begin to move uh, you know the city the community forward economically so you have the resources so so for instance if you think back and uh, you know we're da- I'm, da- I'm certainly dating myself and that so that situation and that was born out of assessing let's say Iraq so in Iraq in the old days you know you'd have the green zone where things were calmer and safer and protected. And then if you think about a political consensus, if you think back to the days where people were running around showing their purple thumbs, we voted, people were starting to create a consensus and participate in their government. And then the idea was eventually, you know, how do you get the, get the oil flowing and create some, some prosperity? Regardless of those particular details, that framing of put the fire out, get a consensus, how do we move forward? Uh, I think is applicable to um, a number a number of situations, and they speak to the things that have to happen. So, so I've always been intrigued by that idea of a, a complete win, you know. And at the time, you know, we were thinking a lot about it in terms of uh, uh, gang gang violence, uh, but it is something that I think can be applicable to even situations like, you know, there's a lot of conversation, there's a lot of movement and discussion around the homeless issue, and and you know and you know, you've got a lot of really visible signs of, hey, there's a problem. I was telling you when I first moved here uh, from the East Coast, you know, I, I could very clearly see this homeless problem in Salinas. Right. But not in the peninsula. Right. <laughs> Things have changed. Times have changed. I mean, you can't get on Highway 1 or or 101 without well, seeing. And I can tell you somebody, you know, in ag and who, who has moved around the state and has continued to move around uh, the state and, you know, because uh, as an essential industry, this this issue is 
everywhere throughout throughout the state. I mean, it, it's really startling. It's, it's widespread now. It, it's widespread. It so, so obviously there's an issue, and uh, you know, the, you've got, you know, kind of the visual manifestation of the issue, and then, um, and then, and then, and and I and I really believe this is my heart of heart. I, I think Salinas is a city of of a lot of compassion, a lot of folks who want to do do the right thing, and then and then you get into that. Okay, how do we create a consensus? And I think that dialogue is still ongoing. So moving a city forward economically is a c- civic conversation, but you know, obviously the objective, more importantly, is can they begin to lead productive lives again? And how how do how do you do that? And what's involved in that? So it's a it, you know it's a big conversation, but but I think that complete win concept. Uh, you know, regardless of what issues you're going to tackle, you, you you have to have an approach. So I, I think the complete win concept, I'm not saying it's the only one, but it's one, and I like it. And uh, and I like what Wayne talks about, you know, you know, some things you have to look at systemically or structurally. So I think he brings that out, and I think that's worth worth ta- worth talking about. And uh, so again, and, and here again, Somebody from the Naval Graduate School. He was on Admiral Mullen's staff. I mean, this is somebody who's uh, lived a little, been all over the world. But his thesis is about Salinas, you know. So kind of that connectivity. You mentioned you you um, mentioned this question earlier, and I'm I'm compelled <laughs> to ask this question. Um, you were mayor for several years, six years. Um, you've tackled a lot of these issues. Some of them, which are still being tackled as we speak. Um, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment during that time period when you were mayor? Well, you know, it, it it's interesting. I don't know my answer today necessarily would have been the same <laughs> as it might have been uh, uh, back t- then, t- t- yes. ten years ago. But I think I think uh, or like I th- what are you most proud of? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm proud of a, a, a proud of a couple of things. I mean, I I'm certainly pleased at the contribution that we and Salinas have made to this, really this global movement around, around ag tech. Mm-hmm. Innovation's not new, but this idea of framing ecosystems where, where innovators, investors, uh, our businesses, you know, that you, know, you can be a center of gravity that besides whatever they're all doing, more resources, more attention flows. So I, so I feel good about the contribution we, we made there. I, I do feel good that uh, a group of fac- folks came together in the Community Alliance of Safety and Peace, and and uh, and you know I think the great thing about that group, uh, and I, I'd even say the same thing on the ag tech deal. You know, if Mayor Gunter had not been interested in ag tech, it it could it could have ended right there. You know that just this isn't a priority, and you know, and Georgina Mendoza, who uh, I was really pleased when she became. The director of the uh, Community Alliance of Safety of Peace, you know, a great leader and leadership provided continuity, and these. I'm, so I'm proud those things are still happening, and still having mo- building momentum. I can see the smile on your face. I had an idea or two. I I hope I contributed. Uh, you know, maybe you hope occasionally uh, inspired a few folks, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a team sport, and the fact that folks are. Are, are still moving, uh, you know, I'm just pleased for the community. I mean, it, it, I, the other the other couple of things, I mean, I think, I think I, I'm still surprised, you know, people will tell you they, you know, sometimes you think you got elected mayor because you, oh, great policy, and then people will just tell you, you know, I really like that slogan, imagine a great city, you know, 
yeah, but how about this? I just like that city, that slogan. It made me feel good. Uh, I I think a little bit like like Tom. I think I think people felt better about about Salinas. But but I'll tell you the, bit, the probably one of the best compliments I I ever got is I just remember uh, I, I was visiting a you know I think I, I think I was visiting with the uh, um, you know one of the local local communities at one of their dinners and they just looked at me and said you know you were always the people's mayor and the and the thing I tried to do and the one thing I genuinely believed is. You know, a lot of people think the city is City Hall, and I'm like, no, no, no. 200 Lincoln Avenue is just simply the municipal corporation, where where our collective assets as a community reside. The city is in the city, and and I think that the the other thing I I think I did is I as I think I took the mayor's office into the community pretty pretty well. I said, you know, this is my office. I remember going into City Hall one night after, <laughs> I think it was after kind of a tough incident, and I was just passing through. And I was sitting in my chair, and I just remember going, you know, I can't put me here, and I can't keep me here. People did that. And, you know, you got to remember that chair does not belong to you. So I, I think I understood that pretty well, and I made sure as best I was able, this chair will be in the city, and it's yours, not mine. And, uh, and, and if I can be a point of connectivity, you know, because you know, people care about where they live. And so, so I tried to I tried to make that connection as best I could. Well, you have done a great job with this podcast series. Uh, Imagine a great city. There are twelve episodes, and I believe um, there are more on the way. We're going to do a season two. Uh, right. You know, and uh, and you know, one of the things as I got into it, I didn't I didn't expect to necessarily do as deep a dive as I did on public safety. But as I got into it, and if, you know, if you're thinking about cities and budgets and how things are changing. You know, public safety is a big part of a of a of a city budget. So I so I felt the conversation was important enough. Like, let's roll up our sleeves and 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 dig into this a bit. And uh, um, and so certain elements of it, you know, I think talking um, a little bit more about reentry, but I but I also want to get into you know the homeless issue and affordable housing. And those and those are the problems. But I but I also think we should be. And I want to talk about some things, you know, and you asked the question earlier, you know, how do you build community? You know, what's that like? I remember when I first took office, you know, Salinas Valley Community Church, they were still in the midst or the tail end of their loving Salinas uh, campaign. And you'd see those bumper stickers everywhere. And, and, and you know, and that you kind still of, see the, the hashtags and, on social media, loving Salinas, loving. And you do. And, and what that spoke to was, you know, because this is a this is a community that from time to time, you know, we had a bit of a poster child reputation for problems rather than we all knew. Yes, there's some issues, but it's still a great community. And so the, I think loving Salinas really and imagine a great city reflected, hey, I, I want to. Uh, you know, I want to be proud of where, where I live. Uh, I, I want it to be an even be- better better place. And so touching that nerve, uh, um, you know, I think the Loving Salinas did that. And I can say some things like, you know, the Rodeo's a community builder, the air show. But, you know, you're it's not a small thing to be a Blue Zone community. And, and I think that is one of the emerging things that's really going to build a healthier community, uh, put Salinas on on the map, and so that that's an example of how do you build community. That's an emerging one. That's a new one. And the great thing about the Blue Zones project, which um, you know is a product of Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System, Montage Health, and Taylor Farms, is that it is um, a health initiative, and it really is a we program project initiative. So we're all 
we all have to become part of it right. to become healthier and make that healthy choice the easy okay. choice and hopefully live longer, which is kind of the whole basis of how Blue Zones got started. And, and so that's a great example. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by, um, you know, Salinas is trying to introduce a more Salinas, care about the, the city. We'll, we'll see if that can go the distance. Does it have sustainability and structure to make it happen? But uh, so I so I want to explore that a little bit. Hey, how do you build a healthy community? You know, and again, I go back to our young young friends from Detroit. You know, and I always and I told. In fact, I think I told them in the podcast. I'm really excited. You're interested in bees. They scare the heck out of me. I'm not getting anywhere. Oh no, near I them. like bees. I like bees. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I'm I, ain't put, I, I, ain't put, I I I listening on, to that episode. I, I ain't putting on the suit. You know that sort of thing. But I'm the uh, one who's photographing them right up close, <laughs> right where the flowers well, are. Well, and they're doing some really exciting things. I mean, they, it was funny. I did another. I've interviewed them about two or three times now, and they they've got a. Uh, Motown rapper that plays around with bees and buzzing. And they, no, they do. They do cool stuff. They've got art. In fact, you know, people should check out their website. They've got they've got great honey and candles and all sorts of stuff. So I'm a I'm a big fan. I, and I know we've got a young man who's doing very well in Carmel, and we want to give him his props. But, good, uh, good. So it's going to be an exciting yeah. uh, new season of Imagine a Great City. Yeah. So and yeah. So I want to play around with. We, there are challenges to be sure, but there's. I think there's some fun and some interesting stuff to talk about too that all go into imagining a great city so i think that's where we're going next good well it sounds like a fun journey dennis um thank you for your insight and for giving us this you know bird's eye view i guess you can call it of all of these podcasts that you have produced you've absolutely had amazing i mean very intelligent people on your program who are doing amazing things and have done amazing things yep, no, and we can all learn from them so exactly. kudos to you um, I invite uh, your uh, listeners right now if they haven't had a chance to listen to your podcast to go on Spotify or wherever podcasts right, are available yeah. Yeah, I'm told I touch and, uh, all the bases yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and listen because like, like I just said a few moments ago we can all learn something from these individuals so we look forward to season two of imagine a great city in 2022 right and thank thank you for uh it seems like old times getting the band back together again you're you're back on the hot seat terrific terrific to see you and uh, great to see you uh, as well thanks for joining me on this project thank you thanks Lottie.